Henley Mortgage Fund. $1,000 a month off your home loan for two years. All backed by Henley's $7 billion parent company. Australia versus the West Indies on SEN Test Cricket. Cummins again, wider on the crease, and a ball edging and caught! A brilliant Cameron Green, welcome back in the gully. Cummins again, bowls this one, bowls him! Straight through the captain. Athenay's on strike here. Oh, that ball! He's let it go and it's crashed into the off stump. Athenay's cannot believe it. Hazelwood again over the wicket, bowling to Hodge. Edging and great, got it again! In the gully. This time to his left. Hazelwood again. Wider on the crease. Bowls edging. God, McKenzie's out. Smith on strike. He pulls this one and pulls it impressively. Crowd loving it. He's loving it. Four runs off the middle of the bat. Roach bowls to Kawaja. Drives stylishly through the covers. That's one of the best shots we've seen so far from Kawaja. That'll reach the rope. Yeah, pretty happy. I think choosing the ball first. We probably thought the wicket was going to do the most this morning with the new ball. So flattened it a little bit once the ball got softer. Um, so that's probably the key for us is getting through the next 15, 20 overs and then cashing in, I think, taking it deep with the bat. Australia got the job done with the ball after sending the West Indies in and will today look to build a winning position with the bat. Josh Hazelwood joins us after becoming the latest member of the 250 Wicket Club. Joseph, the man on strike, Roach at the non-strikers end, Hazelwood in. And he does with this over mid-wicket. He's in. And this one hits, pulled high and high enough to be six over mid-wicket. Amazing. I'm sure Joseph. Your man is with the ball in hand. <laughs> Exciting moment for Shama Joseph. His family is into the logging business. That's the only thing you can do in Barakara where he comes from. And he sees his life flash before his eyes. And he says, no, I need to do something better in life. Here he is making his test debut two years later. And he's bowling to Steve Smith of all people. And the way he batted, you just get the feel he'll take a wicket tonight. Then he comes to Steve Smith. Edge. Oh, it's no hot. way. He's out for ball. is bold. Unbelievable. Gets a wicket with the first delivery. He's bowled to Steve Smith, one of the greats of all time. You can't write the script like that, surely. Oh, well, I had a few conversations with the boys in the dressing room. Uh, I told them that I would get a wicket on my first ball, but I didn't know it was Steve Smith. So <laughs> I think that that went well for me. So I went with a positive mindset. West Indies debutant Jamar Joseph lit it up with the bat and the ball, allowing the tail to wear before spoiling Steve Smith's coronation as Australia's new opener with his first ball in Test cricket. Can he start Australia's push for the upper hand? Yeah, look, I think that's been a wake-up call for everyone. Throughout the whole period that the Big Bash has been, been around, we've, we've always prioritised international cricket, always prioritised Test cricket, and we will always do that. Um, but I think you know, this has shone a light. And Cricket Australia CEO Nick Hockley joins us to discuss the big issues in cricket. This is day two of the first test on SEN Test Cricket. Live across Australia and around the world, welcome to SEN Test Cricket. Fantastic to have you company wherever you might be listening to SEN Test Cricket for Host Plus and for Henley Homes. Build with confidence, day two of the first test between Australia and the West Indies will get underway shortly in under overcast skies. It's a little cooler today in Adelaide, 23-odd degrees. Cloud above, hoping it'll clear a little later. A couple of hot days forecast for the next two days, though, heading into the 30s in the next couple of days. So looking forward to uh, a long 
test, hopefully, four to five days, maybe, depending on what happens today and how the West Indies fare in their second innings. But uh, they gave us some surprises yesterday. Australia didn't have it all their own way. Australia winning the toss yesterday, if you're unaware, sent the West Indies in. They were all out for 188. Looked like being wrapped up for about 140 at one stage, but a 55-run last week at Stan got them to 188. And the Aussies, in reply, didn't have it their own way either. Two for 59 when day two begins. Cam Green not out six. Usman Kawaja not out 30. The two men that are back in the pavilion. Steve Smith out for 12 and Manus Labashane for 10. Simon Kadich and Damian Fleming are our experts for in-place living specialist disability accommodation designed for you. Always great to see the smiling faces on a couple of our experts to start a day and with the excitement and anticipation that the cricket brings and the stories that the night before bring. Welcome to you. Dwayno, Simo, uh, listeners. Um, yeah, we, I popped out the back last night. It was good. Uh, good. This is what the Adelaide Day Test provides is there's thousands that of people fourth session. at the back. You have to get to the fourth session after the, the first fourth three. session. Um, numerous ex-Victorian district cricketers, um, uh, district cricketers from Adelaide, uh, celebrities. Simon Caddish didn't get down there, oh. but but he's been promoted tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the day itself, it wasn't the most exhilarating day's play. 247 runs, a bit old school uh, for 12 wickets. Some individual highlights. Um, you know, I thought Cummins grabbing the ball, the captain, and getting wickets. Hazelwood unreal. But Shamar Joseph, great to hear from him as well. Um, it'll be a test, I think, this this first session, though, Caddo. Can, can they back up with the ball? Um, they don't need, with this older Kookaburra ball, just for everything to flatten out and Australia just go through their grooves. But, um, no, I, I, I was uh, totally engaged yesterday. Good morning, guys. I thought it was a fantastic uh, day's play. thought, great crowd of 26,000. It just goes to show how good the South, Afri- uh, South Australian public are here in supporting, you know, sporting events and stuff like that. So first te- day test for a while. And, uh, you know, we saw some great cricket. And I think the headline for me was young Shamar Joseph calling it too, saying he was going to tell his teammates in the, ju- in the rooms that, uh, you know, he's going to get a wicket on his first ball. And then to make it Steve Smith, <laughs> first time he's opening the batting for Australia. And it was a brilliant catch too by Graves diving across at slip. So uh, I thought he stole the show. And he was very good with the bat too, getting them to, you know, probably a respectable score, 188 from where they were at. But you'd expect that it should be below par and Australia should be able to try and get to 300 today. He won't be batting number 11 now on in this West Indies team. And uh, it's sort of, um, it's a positive negative. So, you know, talking to Ian Bishop, um, just with this sprightly start to his career um, and you tap on his batting, it's got T20 cricket all over it, hasn't it? Um, He's already been signed up by... Guyana. Guyana. Um, you know, I, I hope he wants to play as much test cricket as possible around his T20 cricket. And that's going to be the next hurdle for cricket in general. Nick Hockley's going to join us a little bit later on, the CEO of Cricket Australia. But how the, the money that test cricket or cricket in general around the world has, uh, how much they filter into the countries who need it, filter it into them to make them want to play the cricket that everybody grew up with but is starting to die a little because scheduling demands that the money says T20 is going to be the dominant form of cricket for the rest of our days. But, uh, yeah, we don't want Test cricket to die. And we don't want... I mean, yesterday, you guys both touched on it, but you've seen a lot of cricket, you've played a lot of cricket. Sport in general, it's best when 
the stuff that happens you can't predict. It's 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 stuff that you've seen it all before, but you haven't seen that. And that was the beauty of yesterday. There was some some things happening yesterday that made you think, wow, that's the wow factor in coming along to a test match is still there. Yeah, I mean, you, you love seeing your heroes dominate. Mm. You know, Pat Cummins would be such a popular uh, fan with the, uh, the Australian public, and he delivered. But we love the surprises like you're talking about. Like Jamal, for me, he was much watch... Um, TV or listen on the radio, wasn't he? He just dominated with bat and ball out of the blue. So you're going, gee, they've found a cricketer there. Um, geez, McKenzie's driving the full face of the bat. You must have been really impressed, um, Caddo. Like, and it just come off his bat. He seemed to have a lot of time. And the, just the problem yesterday, um, they, had, they had two or three partnerships where they didn't look flustered and then they just lost a wicket. It just shows that, um, you know, it's a team game and if you can get, like, a 100-run partnership and then a 50, you're getting into those low 200s and you're in the game there. But, you know, Mackenzie and Shamar Joseph for the West Indies, um, the problem the problem with their batting, in particular Mackenzie, is the Australians have had a look at him now. So, you know, they're such an experienced, you know, great bowling lineup. Um, it's it's not going to get any easier for him, but it hopefully get, takes a lot of confidence out of that 50. Yeah, no, there was some good signs for the West Indies yesterday. I thought the way they got through the first probably 20 minutes, half an hour, that was challenging. And then they didn't kick on. Craig Brathwaite is a good leader, and, and he will try and dig in and get big first innings totals, but he got knocked over by a good ball from Pat Cummins. And I think that's the challenge for any international batsman that comes to these shores, is that this attack... Is so well-rounded, it's so experienced, and it's so classy that you've got to be at your best, particularly with your footwork, to be able to counter it. And that's what we saw from McKenzie yesterday. I thought his footwork was probably the best of the lot. Got to 50, but then 50's not enough against this Australian no. team. That has to turn into a 70-80 plus for them to potentially get to 280, which I think if they'd got 280 in the first innings, they're probably in the test match. A lot to play out today. I mean, as you say, Flem, you know, there's some... Stories today, Cameron Green's got a great opportunity. Starts the day, if you can get going, great opportunity to really cement that number four spot. Travis Head hasn't had a great summer so far on the back of a very good World Cup, playing in front of his home crowd. You know, the locals here love him. Will he get going and start to put the foot down? And if he bats with Mitch Marsh for any length of time, you know, that's going to be entertaining. So there's things that we could potentially see today that you don't always get in T20 cricket, but you do get to see, you know, in Test cricket, even Cameron Green's catch yesterday at Gully. Because the fielders are pushed back on the ring and you've got fielders spread to the boundary, it can be a sterile game. A little bit more happening with movement and seam and attacking field positions. So hopefully... Test cricket will survive all of this, but it's at a critical juncture because these T20 leagues are exploding. So do you expect less than 300 runs yesterday for the day? Do you expect to get more than that today? Do you expect the the Australians will take full toll at some stage today, if not all of them? Two or three of them will get a big number? Well, if Mitchell Marsh and Travis Head are out there for any period of time, they, they'll get that easy. Their natural strike rate's close to uh, a runner ball um, in the last couple of years. But we just haven't seen a batsman come in and dominate. You know, it's hard to read the pitch after one day that there might be just always something in mm. for the quicker bowlers. Um, and then, obviously, Moti's got a big job to do. You know, that first over, cheesy ball fast, you know, slow it down a little bit. You know, really pose some, you know, encourage the Australian batsmen to to use their feet. But, you know, if he can bog down one end, I'd start with the quicks, but maybe that second change of bowling, the, Modi can just hold down one end and the quicks can attack 
from the other end, and and that may pose some cha- uh, challenges for the Aussies. Yeah, it should. I mean, this attack looks better than the one they better. sent out last year because they've got a little bit more airspeed with Alzari Joseph and Shamar Joseph. It's just whether Kemar Roach and Moti can play roles in that sort of holding to not allow Australia to get going and start motoring in this innings. But I think if Australia win the first hour and don't lose a wicket or two, then I could see Australia getting 300-plus. But if they get you know a couple of early wickets, the West Indies will feel like they can limit the damage in this first innings. So the decision to send them in yesterday, winning the toss, it was justified. Pat Cummins sort of justified it himself by taking those two early wickets when uh, Josh Hazelwood couldn't quite find the, the gaps and neither could... Mitchell start between bat and ball to take the stumps a couple of times, even though he threatened. So we're going to have a chat to Josh Hazelwood shortly, but Pat Cummins would be pretty happy with the the performance outside of the 55-run last wicket stand? Oh, I think so. I think, uh, you know, apart from that last wicket partnership, and the irony with that last wicket partnership, we saw it a bit in Sydney with Jamal making all those runs. Um, when they got their lengths wrong, they basically, there was 84 balls in that partnership and only one ball was hitting the stumps. Yeah. And that was the wicket wow. of, of Joseph getting out LBW to line. So there's some learning there for the attack. They've been brilliant for so long and they're highly experienced. You know, Josh Hazelwood gets to 250 yesterday. Um, the learning is that they've got to be better at that, at finishing that job off. Normally, Mitchell Stark's brilliant at it. So maybe that's something that they have to reconsider their, their tactics of attacking well, the stumps more to the tail. Consecutive innings. We saw it in England. It's actually becoming a bit of a problem. Mm. And they'll, they'll come back with the data says, well, eventually the tail ender gets out to the short ball. But as you said, the Mitchell Stark, you know, what I remember at him bowling to the tail is just nailing their nose, hitting the base of the stumps. Um, because it hasn't cost them so far, but it, but it might down the track. Well, the irony in some ways was that Shamar Joseph did get hit on the helmet, and yet he was still bright. He still loved it. Yeah. Was Didn't that would care. intimidate some? Oh yeah, that would come in late and think, "No, I don't want to be out here." They'll be backing away, yeah, you know, showing their stumps. So then you would attack it there, but no, he just cleared that front leg and played some really good pull shots straight down the ground. Uh, what is that? That just the confidence of youth. What what is that in that to have that as part of your makeup as such a young kid? That's well, it's no fear. He's playing with no fear, but also he sets up. He doesn't set up number 11. He's actually quite orthodox. He looks in a good position. Clears. He's obviously got good eye-hand coordination, and, and, and he's backing, backing his eye and his power. I think part of it too, when we heard the backstory from Barat yesterday about you know his backstory and where he's come from, this is probably all like an amazing dream for him mm. because he's had a tough upbringing and he's doing this now for his family and he's highly motivated to make the most of it and he's taken a huge risk to obviously go from the village he came from, you know, give only up 350 work. people give yeah. up a settled job and all that to play something, you know, in the West Indies, which has been challenged. Test cricket's been challenged there yeah. massively in the last 10 to 20 years. So it's great to see and hopefully he goes on and has a, a really long, successful career. Josh Hazelwood slipping up the wicket tally now to the point that, well, he's got his 250th, but um, we tend to talk about the others a bit more than we talk about Josh Hazelwood, maybe because he's so metronomic and consistent, but uh, he's, he's getting the numbers now. Yeah, 250 wickets and average under 26. You're generally the team's spearhead mm. over the history of Test Match Cricket and you normally have just one of them in the team and you have some handy bowlers around it. Mm. Like, he's one of four and he's got the least wickets yeah. of the four. Um, but he, it doesn't seem to worry him. I, I don't know Josh that well. You know, speak to the others a lot more. 
Um, he seems pretty comfortable in his own space. I think he likes being maybe a little bit underrated. Um, but he, he is just an elite fast bowler. I mean, that, that four for 16 against Pakistan in the second innings, blowing it apart, and then again today. Um, it's just so great options. Yeah, Mitchell Stark wasn't his best. Maybe Lino to a degree. But they've got two other guns that just bowl the opposition out. He's a silent assassin in this attack. He, he goes, he flies under the radar because the others, particularly Pat Cummins, is going to go down as one of our all-time greats and probably arguably will be put in the same bracket as Glenn McGrath. Yeah, which is, silly. You know, and he's probably, he'd probably go past Dennis Lee pretty soon, not only in wickets, but also just in terms of how good he is. Just be careful what you say, right? Mm. Dennis is my idol. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm just firing you up early in the day, get you going. There'll be a lot of people. This listening. one I've got to work <laughs> with, Dwayne. Send through your text. <laughs> Bloody There'll batsman. be a lot of people listening to this. Send through your text because we do like reading your text. But that argument about where Pat Cummins is going to stand in relationship to Dennis Lilly is one that it'll carry for the next couple of years, I reckon, because there will be a lot of younger people now that didn't see Dennis Lilly play. And the amount of people that gravitated to cricket and to Dennis Lilly because he, he just had the aura. He had the. The extra button undone in the shirt. He had the necklace dangling. He had the mohair skivvy. Had a headband. A headband. I started wearing a headband. He just had the mannerism, the flick of the sweat with the index finger. Um, he was aggressive as well. He, he liked taking on people with the ball and by with a few nouns and verbs with Jarvid Meehan down. There, there was just something extra about Dennis Lilly. Pat's a different person. So it's going to be, even though they're both fast bowlers, it is actually impossible to compare them in some way, isn't it? I, I can't compare Pat Cummins to Dennis Lilly until he grows a mo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's a mo short yeah. of that. Um, yeah. And we played a lot with Glenn McGrath, and he is right up there. But, you know, Glenn's uh, doesn't have the charisma of what um, Dennis had. Paddy's got a little bit of charisma. But did you finish everything you wanted to say there, Simon, or not? Yeah, no, look, I know it's a big call. After denigrating but... Dennis earlier, did you pick everything? Oh, I don't else? think I denigrate. I think I'm just talking up Pat Cummins <laughs> because what we're seeing from him is he's been high class for a long period of time, and he missed a lot of cricket earlier in his career. So he could almost be around that mark had he oh, not missed easy. those five or six years. But he's at the peak of his powers. And I think the other part of it is that he's doing it whilst he's captain, which is not an easy feat. You know, he's sort of, you know, almost blazing a trail because it's almost unheard of to have a fast bowling captain in Australian cricket. In the history have of the to game. be some waiting towards that. Yeah. Totally agree, being yeah. the captain. Well, the other thing is... DK's super test figures aren't included in his. Yeah. No, that, so that was either. close to eighty odd. Yeah, um, a year out with um, a back injury. But oh, that was my first day of cricket when he broke Lance Gibbs's record right. at the G. Oh, I can't explain how excited. You know, like he was like a superhero to me. But three hundred and ten wickets back then was just like oh that that record will last for years. He got to three five five, but then you know Beefy went past it. You know Hadley, Capel Dev, it happened pretty quickly. The thing. Um, and, and Shane Warne, 700 test wickets. Oh, spinners. But these fast bowlers like Anderson and Broad, um, and now with our group, because I was actually playing golf with Rhino Harris, yeah. who did pop out the back. He was very popular okay. out the back last night. <laughs> and we're playing, and we know what a great bowler Ryan Harris is. But, he, you know, he probably played 30 tests. You know, I played 20 tests. And we're just playing golf and, you know, a lot of it and talking about, you know, at that stage, I looked up. There was only a few Australian quicks that had played 70 tests. Mm. Now, Dennis just got there, McGrath. And even 50 tests was like the barrier. 
like there's maybe a dozen mm. in the history of now. These guys are going way past that. So it's a credit to themselves and the fitness staff. Uh, also, their passion to play test cricket. When there's a little bit of, oh, how about a rest? Mm. Nah, uh, uh, I'm not giving up my spot. Um, so I've loved it. Um, supreme skills, you know, they, they uh, bowl as an absolute unit. The tough thing will be how they subtly change it. Because we're going to have a drop-off in performance. No one's going to come in and be able to perform at the level of these four. So it's going to be it's going to be intriguing. It's going to be you know a tough challenge. Um, but I look forward to seeing that the next group. But hopefully these guys have got another couple of years together. We need to take a break, surely. But just to finish that discussion, we are going to be talking about Pat Cummins being one of the great captains, aren't we? In, in time, we're talking about it now. Oh, I think so because what they've achieved in these last twelve months has been phenomenal. You know, the biggest mountain to climb was that one in India and that will be a disappointment for them and look that was obviously a tough series for him personally given what was happening with his mum passing away and him leaving that series early but then after that to win the World Test Championship against a very good Indian team in England was was a fantastic achievement and reward for what's been a very good couple of years and then to cap it off I mean that World Cup victory I think ranks as probably arguably our greatest ever World Cup victory. And that's saying something because mm. we've had, what, six of them? Yeah. And to win in India, I know we did it before in 87 and that one was probably right up there as well. But this one, given how strong India are in their home conditions and to have done it after such a poor start from us, it, it was remarkable. And Pat Cummins led the way, not only with his bowling, but tactically in that final. He was superb. Yeah, and, so, and the semi, that's where it hit me. Uh, he got everything right. Besides not bowling big Josh out, everything else, all these changes. Um, he didn't have a great World Cup with the ball, but he had his best performance in the final. Mm. And that's where we rate people. He captained beautifully in the final. And besides some last wicket partnerships, and that's not just down to the captain. Mm. Th this is a decision made uh, by the coaching staff and Stephen Smith on the field. They need to rectify that. I, I think he's captained brilliantly here. Um, and I thought in India, and, and we don't know how much you know his mum's health was weighing on him. Um, that was it, that was the only series where our, our our concerns about a fast bowling captain are they over bowling or under bowling? And he under bowled himself in India, whereas I, I think he's just getting it right. Even yesterday, every time he come on, he had real impact. And 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 I know his teammates. They look at Big Pat Cummins, and they know that's their captain. There's that's their leader. You mentioned Steve Smith. Flem, we'll have a chat about Steve Smith very shortly. Simon Carriage, Damien Fleming are experts for in-place living, specialist disability accommodation designed for you. Our pre-matches for Spitwater Tools, not toys, working hard since 1982 Spitwater. I mentioned it's slightly overcast. We do expect play to start on time here on day two. There was a spot or two of rain, but nothing really threatening. So we expect that play will start on time in about a 23 degree day. The ground and weather conditions for Rainbird, leader in irrigation for over 90 years. Stick around. Great to have your company on SEN Test Cricket.